Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Boundaries podcast, a podcast where we interview faculty, students, staff, and alums of the Beyond Boundaries series of courses and the Beyond Boundaries program at Washington University in St. Louis. In this podcast, we aim to reach across the digital divide and highlight engaging stories told by Beyond Boundaries faculty and students at WashU and their ideas for future work and play. We hope to give you a window into what Beyond Boundaries is, featuring the next generation of interdisciplinary thinkers and collaborators whose aim is to leverage curiosity across disciplines in an effort to solve some of the most complex and challenging problems we face in the world today. My name is Rob Morgan, and I am the director of the Beyond Boundaries program at WashU and a teaching professor in the area of design and the performing arts department. Enjoy the show. My guest today is Professor Deanna Benjamin. She is a faculty member in the College of Arts and Sciences and assistant dean in the College of Arts and Sciences, and uh, also a faculty member in the college writing program. I'm so delighted to have Deanna with us today. Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much, um, Rob, for, for asking me to do this. Yeah, you and I have uh, passed each other on multiple occasions in hallways and things, and we have a lot of... Um, uh, you might say students in common that we uh, both uh, really enjoy teaching and working with. Uh, so students that are writers, students that are interested in writing, we um, often kind of cross paths um, by having those students in common. So it's such a treat to have um, someone like yourself who uh, interacts quite a bit with first year students as I do with the Beyond Boundaries program. You uh, are an advisor, a trusted advisor for many of them. So um, I'm just so glad that you're here. And on the podcast, I guess here these days means um, virtual. <laughs> it doesn't really mean anymore. But uh, but yeah, thanks for for taking the time. I'm I'm happy to do so. It's yeah. my pleasure to be a part of this and to further support um, Beyond Boundaries as well. I think that's uh, a great program. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, a yeah. lot of people help me help me make it possible. That's for sure. Um, so uh, to give us a little bit of a backstory on, um, on your role at WashU and what, what you teach at WashU and, and uh, how long you've been at WashU. Okay, well, um, let's see. I came to WashU in 2008 and started working with, the, um, with Writing One, what we called Writing One at the time. Um, it's now called College Writing One, and it's housed in a dedicated program, College Writing Program. And I also, in 2008, started um, teaching a creative writing class in the university college, which I continue to teach, and I teach a couple of other ones. Um, the one that I teach every fall is creative nonfiction, and it's an introductory course. We cover personal essay, memoir, um, and then literary journalism as well. Um, I also teach... Um, memoir as a dedicated course through the U College, and then one called Writing Ourselves, Writing the World, mm. uh, which focuses on writing ourselves, but writing it through our perspectives of the world. Mm. And then in um, the college writing program, I've taught writing identity for the past few years. Um, and then this semester started teaching a course called The Essay from Montaigne to the New Yorker. And that's through the undergraduate school? It is. It yeah, is. Yeah, it's gotcha. mm -hmm, through the college writing program itself. Nice, nice. And you mentioned also U College. You teach at the U College level. Right. And that's the creative nonfiction classes. Got it, got it. And for those that don't know what U College is, could you explain that? Really oh, briefly? sure, sure. University College is um, the evening program uh -huh. of the, the university, and it has degree programs 
programs um, as well, uh, anything from undergraduate to master's. It has a post-baccalaureate um, pre-med uh, program as well. Um, it has pretty well every um, every department represented, I suppose, in the College of Arts and Sciences. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it and it uh, it's geared toward um, people who are coming back to college, mm -hmm. um, who have been out in the world for a while, and they want to finish their degree or they want to get um, a graduate degree uh, in their in their local. They're in the St. Louis area. Yeah. And so it's geared toward that, uh, that population. Yeah. But undergraduate students can also take courses. Um, undergraduates in the colleges and the university can also take courses in the U college, which I think is really important to have that kind of um, a rounded sort of class of different ages, different backgrounds. It yeah. makes for a very rich experience for everyone. Indeed. I think it's often an overlooked resource. Uh, we used to teach a stage management class in the, out of the performing arts department that was a U college course. And likewise, it was a great kind of um, course for students to get engaged in what, what would normally be a period of time in the evening when they're in rehearsal anyway. <laughs> so oh, true. <laughs> it kind of, kind of worked out. They're like, oh yeah, seven to 11. Yeah, I can do a class that time. Yeah, that's usually when I'm rehearsing, yeah. you know, so. Um, the famous kind of t-shirt in the, in the performing arts that is just a simple t-shirt that says, I can't, I have rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's such a, it's a delight to, to have you on the podcast. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your sort of backstory? Like, where did you grow up and, and how did you get involved and interested in writing? Uh, do you still practice writing as well? Sure, sure. Um, let's see, I grew up in Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, there's actually a Houston, Missouri uh, near the boot hill, <laughs> but I did not grow up there. I grew up in, in Houston, Texas. For those of, of us who all know the Houston area, I grew up inside the loop as opposed to outside the loop. Uh -huh. um, I don't know what that says metaphorically, but um, <laughs> let's see. It's funny you mentioned the I can't, I'm in rehearsal. Uh, huh? I, it's a little known fact that I'm also a thespian, I just sort of gave up my theater aspirations in high school, so. Understood. But I still okay. have an, I still have a grand appreciation for it, and um, <laughs> most of what I enjoyed uh, when I was in theater was um, working on stage lighting, actually. Oh, and yeah, so, yeah. I did a few um, on-stage performances where I was in the quiet, the chorus of, say, "Bye Bye Birdie" or mm -hmm. um, "How to Succeed in Business Without It Really Trying." Mm -hmm. uh, those are the two that I remember at the moment. And um, but I really enjoyed the stage lighting part. Yeah. I don't I can't, backstage stuff is so fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. And and making sure that all the actors are are getting ready on stage and like getting ready to go on stage. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, let's see. I, so I grew up in Houston and then when I was done with my undergraduate work, which I did at university of Houston, um, I moved to Phoenix, Arizona and went to Arizona state university and got my master's in literature there. And that's probably around the time when my writing aspirations started to grow mm. I had taken a writing course, a creative writing course in undergrad at University of Houston, hmm. um, but it was my master's program that I really started thinking more critically about 
writing. And I felt like I didn't have that storied background of I started writing novels when I was seven. Um, so I felt like I needed to read more. So I really focused on reading as much literature as I could in um, my master's program. And I focused on um, American literature pretty well. And um, and those offshoots of American literature, like Na Western American literature, Native American literature, women's literature, um, and I focused on that. And then the theory I focused on really sort of tied with those. Um, and your undergraduate degree at Houston, what was that in? Oh, that was also English. Uh -huh. That was also English. It started out as, um, oddly enough, as a math. I started going in a math direction uh -huh. um, because I wanted to study astrophysics, uh, okay. which seems a little odd, I think, going with the whole lit side. Um, <laughs> but I had a, an interruption, a family interruption, and while I was taking one of the math classes, and I just never really picked it back up the next semester. Right. Um, and English, I just started moving in the English and history direction, and I minored in, in history and majored in English, Got it. which focused on British literature, mm -hmm. um, which is why I ended up directing my focus in, in grad school on American literature. I see. Yeah. For someone that teaches a class on creativity, I'd say there's a lot of creativity in both, in both literature and, and math, you know, that, yeah. uh, so the crafting of equations is like a language really. I agree. I think that there's, there's an argument for that actually for math yeah. being a language Yeah. Um, yeah. and music and math really tie in together in that sort of language side of the well the the equation of learning sure sure well i apologize i interrupted your, your backstory oh no no no! You're, you're i like the interruptions in, uh, <laughs> so you're back in you're now so uh, i'm in phoenix in yeah phoenix in at the university of arizona yeah uh, uh -huh. no the arizona state university oh sorry arizona state yeah gotcha. sun devils. u of a is in um exactly the sun devils u, a, u of yeah. a is in tucson which is a much in my opinion a much prettier city than um, <laughs> Phoenix, but, you know, Got it. don't tell anybody I said that, well, especially people who yeah, love... All the, oh. all the Arizonans are now, I don't even know if I have that right, is it Arizonan or Arizonian? <laughs> I think Arizonan, I okay, don't remember the E-N, yeah. Yeah, yeah so but now we, all, we were... all, the, all the Phoenix natives are offended. <laughs> so, or they might be, yeah, no, I understand. Um, <laughs> but go on, the, yes. So, yeah, so I spent five summers there. Um, and I got married in, in Arizona as well um, to my current and hopefully forever um, spouse will, you know, <laughs> will will last forever. We'll, sure. We'll walk into the ether together. There you go. Um, and... When we're like 190. But um, <laughs> how, did, how did, did you meet them in college and grad school, I assume? No, no, oh. actually, um, actually, I met them. <laughs> I met them at um, the Houston Post, which was a newspaper uh, in oh, Houston. Yeah. Uh -huh. He was, uh, he's a, at the time he was an editorial artist and he oh, did graphics cool. and feature art. And um, we met there. I was a copy runner. Uh-huh. And when an editor would call out copy from their computer desk, I would run and get the copy and put it into a tube that would then go into a pneumatic sort of thing that went uh, down two floors to the press room. Uh -huh. um, yeah, and then I grabbed... mind-blowing for uh, Gen Z right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, right. They're they like, call, why didn't yes, you just no, click you just, send? <laughs> <laughs> there was no send. You had to print, like, they were printed broadsheets yes. with grease pen- pencil markings all over it telling wow. the printer what to edit. Nice. Um, there was one time I got to run down to the presses and st- say, stop the presses. I don't remember what for. <laughs> um, I was just so excited I got to say, stop the presses. So That's everyone's um, Exactly. I um, but I, I matriculated from copy runner to, um, to an editor on the sports desk, uh, just a copy editor on the sports desk who would take phone calls from um, reporters at mm. high school football games. Oh, cool. Nice. And I would type in their reports. And um, nice. and then I wrote a couple of articles on the um, African National Congress. Got it. Um, Got it. When they so visited you... Houston. So. Nice. So, I'm, yeah, I met, were, I met my were... other half there. Oh, nice. And was that during undergraduate school? That was during undergraduate yeah, school. Gotcha. Yes. Nice. Nice. Wow. That's, that's, that's an intense job while studying as an undergrad, <laughs> for sure. And as <sighs> we know, uh, you know, high school football is a religion in there. So you were also working in the you know, sort of the, the religion area. <laughs> I was, I was at one of the altars of yes. the, the religion of Texas football. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. For sure. um, yeah. So I apologize. So, so you, um, so you and your partner uh, moved to Phoenix together and yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and, then, um, and then we married in Phoenix. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so then, then what? After grad school? So after grad school, um, after five summers in Phoenix, which is how we calculate our time there, um, <laughs> we both moved to Savannah, Georgia. Oh, interesting. Um, and he taught and still teaches with Savannah College of Art and Design. He teaches online and has done so for, I don't know, eight or 10 years. Oh, cool. I lose count. Yeah. Um, so, and then I taught, um, actually I taught high school there for a little bit and then I moved over to Georgia Southern University. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, my other half, his name is Leroy, mm-hmm. L-E capital R-O-Y. He, um, his, he's from central Missouri. He's from St. James, Missouri. And oh, okay. his father was getting a little older and he wanted to spend time with his father before his father was too old to really enjoy time with. So we moved back here and my family is actually there now in Denver. So St. Louis was a much more central sort of hub for getting back to Houston to see friends or going to Denver to see family. Savannah is a tougher airport to fly out of than St. Louis. So so we moved here. (laughs) Gotcha. I've been through that airport in Savannah. You're right. It's a little tricky. Um, Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, so you've been kind of all over, really. It's uh, it's quite a journey. Um, yeah. Savannah College of Art and Design is, you know, for a design nerd like myself, that's a highly respected uh, program there. So, um, so yeah, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he still yeah. works, still teaches there, right? He does. He's yeah. with cool. e learning. He's with the e learning program. Gotcha. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've and you've said you've been at WashU for how long now? I guess now 12, 12 years. years. Gotcha. I think August marked the 12th. Yeah, yeah. So almost as long, I guess, I've been here about only about 10, but but uh, roughly the mm-hmm. same. So we've seen a lot of students come and go. Um, what do you enjoy most about your role at WashU, or roles, should I say, plural, um, at WashU? I, I enjoy, well, two things that I enjoy. One, really, it's the students. The students here are remarkable. Um, they, 
they have such ingenuity and such determination yeah. and and such um what's the word I'm looking for? It's like they're very accepting, they're very forgiving, they're mm-hmm. very um they're easy to approach, they're easy to um have conversations with. Mm-hmm. I mean they're just they're just they're charming to be around, right? So <laughs> so students right. are are a big reason, um, a big thing that I like here. Um, the other thing I like is just that's kind of the, that also captures the spirit of the university, I think, itself, mm-hmm. is it doesn't seem approachable at first. You know, yeah. it's got these big, huge buildings, and they're all made of granite. And, right. Um, and there's, you know, and it kind of forms this um, perimeter around you know, this idyllic space and and that sometimes seems a little um, difficult to approach. Mm -hmm. But I think once you get past that initial, um, I don't know what, facade maybe, I -hmm. think. I don't think that's the right word, but that, you know, the the structural part of it. Um, There's so much uh, fluidity Mm-hmm. within the within the university where if you find like as you find not just if but as you find your interests mm-hmm. um opportunities open like doors open toward that help guide you toward that interest and and it's not like you have to go through that door because there are several doors that you can go through mm-hmm. um and they sort of appear uncannily at just the right moment. Yeah. That's what I have found. That's what I've found for me. Yeah. That's what I've found for other people that I know who teach here or who are staff here or um I also see that in students. I know one of my students um had this intention well I could talk about I, I countless advisees and students have had this intention coming in, right? Um, I'm going to do this. Right. And then as they walk through and, and, and see all that there is to offer or all that's available, they, they change. Yeah. Right. They change their ship. They don't necessarily leave the, in, the initial interest behind, mm-hmm. um, but they see how it can form into some other interest or, yeah. or dovetail with some other interests. And one of my students I think she changed her major like the beginning of her junior year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she she thought she was going this route for sure. like the first two semesters and then she realized that the courses she was gravitating toward met this other opportunity at the yeah. university. So Nice. So I like yeah. that about the university. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I find I just was having a conversation with a student um a couple days ago and and uh, he was like, okay, this is kind of crazy. You know, like he, he's still figuring out, he's still in his, his second year. He's like, so this is kind of crazy, but you know, could I, could I do a major and minor combination across like three or four schools? Like, and I'm like, sure. Like, as long as you can make it work. I, and I, I think I said to him, I said, now's the time to be crazy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. now's the time to sort of delay reality as long as possible and really see the intersectionality of this this university um, for what it is and how to tailor your your interests into something that's uniquely you, you know? And uh, 
So I hope that got through, but I, I also see how often the students at WashU, um, they see each other as collaborators and not competitors. You know, they, mm -hmm. they, they intentionally help each other, I think, in, in ways that, um, I'm not going to say it doesn't exist at other institutions, but they really do care about each other and rise. The old saying, the high tide rises all boats is really true mm -hmm. here. So mm -hmm. um, I completely agree. So you have a number of advisees. How many on the art sci side, how many advisees do you have? Um, including ever, my previous. <laughs> well, no, actually, you can't avoid not counting because it comes up when you go into your file it says this is how many you have don't forget <laughs> that you have this many advisees right. um, including my pre-health advisees because I also do some pre-health advising um, I have um, should I really say this number out loud I have 85 oh my goodness wow mm -hmm. that would that's probably about 50 more than I thought <laughs> <laughs> well I have um I mean, as, as an assistant dean, I have more sure. than, like some faculty have advisees as well. Sure. Um, but as an assistant dean, I have, I have a handful more. Got it. Or maybe, it. maybe a dozen handfuls more, but a handful yeah. more, but yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I know them all. Yeah. I do. I know them all. Um, and I, I speak with them regularly, not, maybe not every 85 regularly, but um, <laughs> right. I do speak with a lot of them regularly. It's really nice to to get to know them. Right. Because you're sort of the mm -hmm. Sherpa on their journey. If for those that don't know what an advisor officially does, can you mention a little bit about what that is? Um, hmm. Well, maybe that's I mean, a terrible way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Sherpa. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, I've, and in some ways, and at the very, the very base um, line of it, you, you're helping them navigate the academic side of, of, their college experience. And so you're making, you know, you're showing them how to keep track of the courses that they're taking and how they um, fit into the, the requirements of the college, mm -hmm. um, which the requirements of the college are quite amazing, I think, because they invite that kind of exploration that we were alluding to earlier. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of the baseline. How do you know, yeah. how do you, how do you decide or how do you double major or dual major if you want to major in different colleges? Um, right. It's the how-to parts of it. But then also when they struggle with um, with courses and they're concerned and they, you know, they're, they don't know really how to approach um, – how to approach a professor about a grade or how to approach um, a decision – Right. to n not go that same route that you thought you wanted to go, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's kind of that kind of counseling, I guess, and listening and, and yeah. asking the kinds of questions that prompt um, prompt them to to think outside of the box that I think yeah. we're, we're oftentimes not necessarily placed in boxes, but we see a box and we go, oh, I need to be there. Right. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and it's not, and it's a fine place to be. I think that, that we have to see a box and go in it and see what it's like. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that, um, I don't think we always realize that it's okay to walk back out of that box. And so sometimes it's a matter of asking the kinds of questions that um, afford the advisee or the student yeah. a way of rethinking 
how how they're in the box and how to get out of the box and do they need to and you know what right. I mean I mean I oh, don't know totally. if box is the right metaphor for this but yeah yeah but you're I mean you're at those you're at those junctures or those decision points in students' lives I think in a very honestly profound and important way um, for for them to have someone like you in their corner and to help direct them you know or at least nudge them. I like to say that uh, teaching is uh, basically making hope visible um, for students. Mm. And that, and that implies that you cannot take them on that journey, but you can listen to them and then say, okay, if, if that's where you'd like to be, then you probably want to jump from this to that step, to that step, to that step to get there. Mm. You know, that's, that's where the visible hope might be for you. But um, it's so it's I think it's a very important role that you serve, you know, to all of these 85, amazingly 85 <laughs> students uh, that you advise. Um, and I, I love the fact that you, you kind of ask them questions to have them make realizations of their own one, one kind of mantra of the Beyond Boundaries program is, um, we shift the thinking from what do you want to be when you grow up to what problems do you want to solve? And, mm-hmm. you know, and that helps, I think, there's so much pressure in the, what do you want to be when you grow up that you've been asked since you were 10, you know, <laughs> like um, that, uh, you know, changing that a little bit and saying, well, you know, what problems really interest you and how, you know, do you want to be part of the solution? Um, it's important for students to have the, someone like yourself in their lives. Um, and someone like you also, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, I think yeah. having those kinds of questions um, you know, what, what problem do you want to solve? I think, um, in some ways it's the, what do you want to do question, but by couching or like, um, presenting it as solving something, I think is a really nice focused way of thinking about the do question. Sure. Sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, besides maybe you, do you do some writing of your own? Uh, do you, do you publish your own, uh, writing? Uh, what do you do for fun? (laughs) Um, to to trip your trigger as we say in Texas, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, we never had guns in the house. Um, (laughs) Neither did I really. (laughs) Um, unless you're talking about, uh, the Lone Ranger's horse trigger ah, then yes. then I can see that but um, oh, no my we my household was very anti-gun we couldn't even have like water pistols like mom did mom's like no <laughs> yeah we didn't either there was just no you know I don't know we yeah. didn't feel the need for them for sure I guess yeah. we didn't live in the country either so yeah there you go I mean my grandparents had them but they also had to deal with uh, cotton mouth snakes and yes, yes, <laughs> you know, things like that, things that could kill you. Right. Um, so I can get that, but, right. um, in your free time, what do you do in my free time? Uh, right now in my free time. And, and I think right now I'm not doing much writing in my free time. I mm-hmm. do, I do practice writing. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm working on a manuscript that is a memoir. Um, and I work on that sometimes. Cool. Uh, I do actually. I do practice writing in some ways. It's more informal, though. If a friend of mine has a podcast, uh, not a podcast. What am I thinking? <laughs> um, she has a like five or six times a week. She meets on Zoom. So a bunch of us meet on Zoom. She's a poet. She um, we go meet on Zoom. We come up with a list of words together and then we take a break for about 
half an hour to an hour, and we write a poem, and then we come back as a group on Zoom, and we read our poems or prose. Sometimes it's prose, and it's, and sometimes I'll get some work done on the book in that venue, Um, but lately it's been more about just throwing some sort of a poem together that's fun um, and not trying to accomplish any particular work sort of thing, Mm -hmm. uh, because I am working a lot. So, so I do that. I do some of that writing. uh, One of your students and mine, Elizabeth Joseph, uh, I think did something similar last summer where there was sort of a prompt um, and, uh, and then you kind of went off and crafted something from that prompt and came back and, and shared it. That's kind of a great uh, quarantine exercise for the most part. It is. And it's low zoom impact, right? You know, you're on Zoom, because I know we've got Zoom fatigue. That's the big, um, that's the 2020 word of the, I think, at least of the fall semester, Zoom fatigue. And and it's not, it's not fatiguing because there's, it's a very active experience. Sure. And it's, and even though it's like an hour and a half or a two hour um, event, so much of it is completed off of Zoom. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. really nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would encourage Elizabeth Joseph to continue doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I you were saying, what else What else do you yeah. do besides that, just for fun? Or is there anything you're kind of reading or binge watching or obsessed with? Well, um, I don't really binge <laughs> um, watch things. I do watch Star Trek over and okay. like, it's not a binge sort of situation. It's a, well, every night, you know, as sure. a way to kind of relax, we'll watch Understood. Some Star Trek that we've watched, and fortunately, yeah. we have new Star Trek right now, so that's exciting. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, are you yeah. a fan of uh, Next Generation or the original series? I think that's yes. What... <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you just yes. you just sidestep yes. the question. Classic. Huh? Yes. Yeah. I uh, I don't really watch the movies very often, but right. Um, right. but any of the any of the series. Nice. Um, and right now, and there's the Lower Decks, which is a half an hour animated series okay. that just finished, yeah. which is kind of interesting and fun. Huh. Um, cool. I'm also watching this um, show called Staged. Are you, have you oh, seen it? Oh, I don't it? know that one. No. It has David Tennant and um, Michael Sheehan. Sheenan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forget his last name. Yeah. Um, they're, they're preparing... I guess, well, they haven't actually um, rehearsed yet, uh-huh. but they are supposedly going to be rehearsing this play uh-huh. that that will be ready to go on stage after the pandemic. Oh, really? Okay. So they're like getting a leg up and they have this um, director who who's really not very good at directing at uh-huh. all. Um, and it's all done via Zoom. Yeah. So, so the, the, yes, it's all a zoom sort of interaction. It's very funny. It does have some um, colorful language. Right. So I should, I should make sure that that's clear. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. (laughs) It's real. And and they're playing themselves. Yeah. I mean, David Tennant is playing himself. I like it. So it's, it's a fun, it's a fun show. Oh, nice. Um, There's so much that happens, you know, in the process of building a a production that, Sometimes I wish, you know, funny things happen or, you know, there's so many different prop uh, nightmares I could tell you about that 
you know, you're like, oh, if this this is a show as well. This is a funny kind of sideshow to this entire production that's supposed to be very serious, for example. And and we're having these funny moments on stage that we just, you know, they're just, I don't know. It's the beauty of the collaboration that that I love. You know, somebody says mm-hmm. something funny or. I remember I had a colleague uh, who, uh, this is years ago in Summerstock, and um, we had a star drop, you know, it was like a drop upstage that had little tiny mm-hmm. like, uh, Christmas lights, literally like little Christmas lights poking through it. So it looked like stars. And the electrician knew that he didn't have enough stars for like the full field of stars that we're supposed to have. So he thought, well, since I don't have enough stars, I might as well just spell out my name. <laughs> he spelled out. <laughs> spelled out his name and stars so we got to that part of the show and the stars came up and we all just burst out laughing <laughs> he's like i'll fix it i just you know i didn't have enough so i just wrote but my for name. right now yeah yeah for right now the the entire solar system just spells out the word john <laughs> that's great so anyway i love working um, with creative people yeah <laughs> exactly it was one so of those much moments so I, yeah one of yeah. those surprise moments in rehearsal that just made us, uh, you know, realize how special it was to to be in the same room with these crazy people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, I, I like to end the podcast on a question um, that is related to. So uh, go back to the University of Houston. You're in your first okay. year. Maybe you're not even working at the Post yet. Um, and uh, you can go back in time and whisper in your own ear. Uh, uh, what first year self advice would you give yourself? <laughs> hmm, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, I think one of them would be. Um, I mean, there there are a few, but I think probably the most important one would be: um, don't be afraid to take risks when it yeah. comes to what you're like what courses to take. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to try. Like if, if it's a writing class, don't be afraid to try writing um, something that, like don't be afraid to break free of the five-paragraph essay, for example. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't, a five-paragraph essay works really well for a short piece, but when you're when you're working on something longer, um, you'll want to, go through more than just five paragraphs or uh, don't be afraid to take the, the, the acting class, right. If you're Mm -hmm. shy. Sure. Um, Yeah. Kind of face your fears in a sense. Right. Right. It's, it'll all be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll learn something and you'll learn something. Yeah. It's this uh, college is this great opportunity to just take risks and, and, and there are, I mean, it's not like it's a small business you're starting that you're, you know, success is, is, is um, mandatory in order to survive. It's this great sort of um, a laboratory um, for, mm-hmm. for experimenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you though, I think. No, no, I, yeah. no, I, I think that's exactly right. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's not the kind of risks that, um, that would hurt, you know, uh-huh. it's the, it's intellectual risks, I think, you know, right, right. Um, I think yeah, that's experiment. Ex- that's, yeah, that's excellent advice for our for our students, I, you know, who come in with, uh, and as you articulated earlier, in your advising meetings, you know, you come in with this one idea, and then 
you find yourself changing and your ideas change and and um that's uh normal <laughs> and should mm-hmm. be encouraged um but uh this has been delightful to to get to know you a little better have our students uh understand your role at WashU and and the importance um you hold in their lives i think is something we should spotlight um on the podcast so for all four of our listeners <laughs> <laughs> um i really uh, appreciate your time today honestly and uh um you know i it's just been a delight to get to know you a little bit better. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rob. It's, um, it's been a pleasure. You know, I mentioned beforehand that I was a little nervous about, yeah. about this, but you, you, it is such, it's so much like a conversation. It's so low key. It's, it's great. Thank you oh. so much for oh, putting my, this together. Yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's just, that's all it is, is a conversation and, and other, our students get to get to um, uh, sort of wallow in your wisdom and that's been really a really wonderful treat for us. So thank you. Deanna thank Benjamin, you. really appreciate your being on the podcast. At the conclusion of our podcast, Deanna Benjamin wanted to make sure that students know that she is the co-chair of the McLeod First Year Writing Prize. It's an annual prize that recognizes writers of research papers that address race, gender, and or identity. The prize is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences and the College Writing Program and is open to all first-year students on the Danforth campus, including those in the Beyond Boundaries program.